everybody. Um, welcome to episode three of Critical Voices. Today, I am joined by Wes. Hey, Wes, how are you? Hey, Miguel, I'm doing well. Uh, it's cold today, but I'm chilling. Yeah, are you, um, where in Seattle are you? Uh, I'm living in Capitol Hill. Okay, okay. Central yeah. Seattle. Yeah, I'm on First Hill, and it I just finished parking my car and it started to rain a little bit and oh man, it was really cold. <laughs> but, and windy. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently like some people were getting um, a tornado warning. I don't know if you got that on your, on, on your phone, but. Um, no, I saw it in the news. Doesn't make any sense, but pretty weird and scary. Yeah. I've, you know, I'm from the Midwest and over there, there's like, there's like a tornado season, you know, it goes uh-huh. on during the spring. It was really weird that like some people were, were getting those messages. I'm like, I don't think I've ever in the past, in the time that I've been here, I've never seen or like heard of a tornado warning or like a siren go off or anything. It's, well, um, could you tell us a little bit about who you are? And then in a more broader sense, I'm just curious to, to hear how you got into cycling. For sure. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, my name is Wes and I'm originally from California. Uh, I moved up to Seattle a couple of years ago and I mainly do a lot of community organizing, um, and kind of legislative work in Washington state. Um, what brought me to Seattle, I, what brought me to cycling, um, is kind of related to me being a Californian, um, I think cycling culture is not um, so distinct as it is here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, More people bike in California just because of the weather. Um, And because, you know, if you live in a flat city, um, it's very easy to bike. So what brought me to cycling was, or what what got me interested in it was um, I had some high school friends who, who biked all the time everywhere to and from school, to work, for fun. Um, and I didn't have a bicycle. Uh, I had a car and I always wanted to be on a bike because I wanted to, to hang out with them. It looked like fucking fun, um, especially during the summer when it was really warm. Uh, so just that like the adventure of being outside and being with my friends is what really made me want to like get on a bike. And I didn't until, you know, into my adult career uh, or to my adult life, um, but that's where my my interest started to form. That's great. I love I love hearing people's stories about about how they got into cycling. It's always very broad and it goes all over the place. Um, so you're saying you didn't really get into it until um, you were an adult. Uh, why did it start um, in your adulthood as opposed to I guess when you were when you were younger? Um, to be honest, I, maybe it was just different priorities, uh, in high school, focusing on like school. I I was in marching band, so that was kind of like my physical fitness or my sport. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, uh, was not going to ask my parents to buy me a bike. That's for damn sure. (laughs) So it was just not like in the equation. Um, didn't think I was ever going to get a bike. Didn't know where to get a bike. Mm -hmm. You know, like this, something is so, so basic as that. Of course, I could have asked my friends, but it, it was just so 
um, foreign to me that I was uh, too scared to even ask or to do my own research uh, until I got to be an adult. And then I was like, <clears throat> I had sold my bike, I had sold my car. So I just like practically needed some way to transport myself um, and still had the, you know, the passion or the, the interest in, in riding a bike. It still looked cool. People on bikes look cool as fuck. So <laughs> that's definitely what had me interested in long term. Yeah. That's true. There's some there's some pretty cool cyclists here in Seattle. After getting into cycling, um, yeah, what, what were what were you mainly doing? Was it just for just like leisurely? Were you competing, commuting to work? What was the purpose of a or yeah, what was the purpose of uh, the bike in your life? Um, initially, uh, I had a really old bike from the seventies. It was heavy as fuck, and so. I tried to use it for commuting and got over it very quickly. Uh, mm -hmm. I was living in San Francisco and using BART and, um, and buses. And that bike was impossible to lift up. Well, impossible mm -hmm. for my body at the time to lift up stairs, uh, to get on the bus. It was just a pain in the ass. Uh, so I, I initially was just biking leisurely, you know, like around, the, around my neighborhood um, in Oakland. Um, on the weekends and stuff like that. Um, maybe down to parts of Alameda that I couldn't get to via a bus um, and things like that. Uh, it was only later on um, when that bike got destroyed. Um, I got in a car accident and that bike was completely destroyed um, that I started to, you know, take it more seriously, I guess. Um, I had enough like experience biking around in, in the Bay area that I wanted to continue to do that. Um, and so I got another bike and it became more serious for me. Um, and it became more about like exploration. Uh, I had in my time, very sh short time with that, with that old bike, I had seen parts of the Bay area that I, again, like I said, wouldn't have seen if I was taking the bus. Uh, and so um, with my, with my new bike, I, it became an exploration thing for me. I wanted to see the city um, and I wanted to see it in ways that, I, you know, on a bike, you can see things in a car, you can't. And even in a bus, you miss a lot of things. So um, that's what it became for me after that. Yeah, there's certainly a beauty of being free to kind of go wherever you want. Yeah, exactly. And, and to see, you know, just kind of just go on a ride and then, you know, let's say you see something interesting that catches like the corner of your eye and you're like, oh, you know, like maybe I want to ride this way instead of, instead of going the other way. Right. Yeah. Certainly. <clears throat> Did you ever have an interest in competing or you're saying exploring? Did you ever go um, bike packing or, or anything like that? Not until I moved to the Pacific Northwest. No. Um, uh, it could be that the like bike camping is not um, as popular in California, or it could have been that I was newer on my journey. Um, mm -hmm. But I mainly stayed in the city. Um, I brought my bike, you know, to uh, family uh, holidays out of town um, to like, you know, bike around the suburbs. But other than that, I was uh, always on the road. And, you know, I've definitely gotten to bike camping since being um, in Washington State. And that's definitely my new thing. I fucking love it. Uh, and I want to do more of that for sure.
Yeah, what, what's your experience been bike camping? Um, I know I've only gone like a handful of times, maybe two times at most, and but I really enjoyed it and I want to continue doing it more. But I think a barrier for me that still kind of exists, um, when, especially when it comes to bikepacking, is just like all the equipment. Um, there's a lot that you need that you don't really think about, I suppose. And yeah, I want to hear your take on it. Um, I guess, yeah, what, what is your what is your experience um, bike camping been like? I, yeah, you brought in equipment for bike camping. That was a barrier for me just to get into cycling in general. Um, you know, like what kind of bike lights do you get? What kind of fenders do you get um, that are easy enough to take off your bike? Uh, you know, what kind of bags? At first I was riding with a, with a backpack, which does t- totally fine, it's totally doable. Um, but it enhances your experience when you have the, the proper equipment. Um, so when I, first time I went bike camping, I was serious that I wanted to make it a good experience for myself. Um, this is the first time I was going. Uh, I figured that I'd probably like slip into some mud and like embarrass myself in front of people. <laughs> like I'd probably underdress and get too cold or overdress and get too hot. Mm-hmm. I figured there'd be all these variables as my first time going out. And so I wanted to be really prepared. Um, so I dropped like $500 or something nuts Whoa. for one weekend of uh, bike camping because I needed to get new bikes or new bags. Um, I didn't have the proper bike to go bike mm. camping. I had a road bike, so I needed to rent um, a bicycle, like a gravel bike. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I wanted to pitch in for food, um, for gas, for camping spot. Um, and so it was a it was a ton of money. Uh, and I felt sick to my stomach spending that money. <laughs> and, and I was kept on being like, it's going to be so worth it. It's going to be so worth it. And um, it probably wasn't worth all the money, but the experience <laughs> was awesome. Right. Uh, and I definitely live off of that experience. And um, yeah, so <clears throat> the, the equipment stuff has been my, has been a huge barrier for getting into cycling and to to expanding um, my cycling experiences. Um, There's just hobbies are really expensive and white people hobbies are even more expensive. So yeah, white people hobbies. <laughs> Let's talk about that a little more. I guess, you know, what has your experience been personally, um, you know, being a person of color um, cycling? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I mean, my I go back to high school. Um, my friends who were cycling around who had bicycles, they were white, they were white kids. Um, and I had, you know, I had black and Latino friends, but they didn't have bicycles either. Um, I was friends with them because we had classes together because we were in band. Um, and so that was, again, that was my introduction to, to cycling and it was white kids. And of course, when I moved to um, Seattle, uh, the cycling culture is very white because Seattle is very white. Um, mm. So my experience is that, uh, you know, this this particular world or this this hobby um, is very um, predominantly white, but so is the entire, you know, so is a lot of spaces. 
Um, so as mo most of my work environments, um, most of my school environments. Uh, but the difference is, um, again, the, the cost, uh, cycling equipment is incredibly expensive, even for just like a, a new bike light uh, or a new bike tube or tools mm. to change, to fix your bike. Um, and all of those are pretty necessary. They're not like um, optional. Things like your clothes, uh, in, like tremendously enhance your cycling experience, but they're also really, really expensive. Um, so, and, and as far as the like the culture or the people go, I, I've definitely <clears throat> experienced a, like just being. Uh, I mean, obviously, cycling is a pretty uh, solo sport or solo activity. Um, mm -hmm. you can enhance it with, with riding it with a crew, but I think it's just mainly solo. Uh, but you still like, there's, there's, you still see people like cyclists signal each other when they pass each other, um, you know, call out. There's like a little bit of camaraderie, uh, between cyclists. And I haven't experienced that, to be honest. Um, uh, I do feel like I'm not a part of the cycling community, quote unquote community. Um, it's like, I'm a person on a bike. Uh, and I mm -hmm. feel like people see me as a person on a bike, um, unless I'm like going extremely fast or like I'm zooming around people, then there's like um, a little bit more, I don't wanna call it a respect, but like space given to me. Um, if I take up space, people will give me the space, but otherwise I'm just like this person on a bicycle. Um, and I often am like, I, I feel like I'm disrespected, but you know, those are, those are microaggressions, nothing outwardly like people hitting me or yelling at me. It's just like people taking up too much space, people not signaling me, cars feeling free, free to like cut me off or whatever. Um, yeah, like just not getting really friendly vibes from cyclists. Um, and again, this, that's like the Seattle culture, like that's the same experience you get while walking on the street. Um, but you do see, I do, I witness um, the way that white cyclists engage with each other um, and the way that I am not engaged in the same way. Um, does that bother me? Not really, because I'm on my bike usually just, just to vibe by myself and listen to music, I'm headed to the park, whatever. Um, but mm -hmm. I do see it uh, and it's present there, so. Um, it's uh, interesting, but it doesn't bother me, I guess. Right. What about, you know, we've been talking about like a lot about the cost of cycling. Um, yeah. What barriers um, existed for you when you started cycling or, and do they still exist um, now? Definitely. Yeah. The cost of equipment. <clears throat> I was lucky enough to get a really nice road bike. Um, uh, my friend's boyfriend was, you know, had a really nice road bike. He's rich. So he, he had a really nice quality second bike. He never rode it. Uh, and so I was able to get it for like probably a 10th of the price, to be honest, like very, very cheap, high quality bicycle. But after that, I didn't have, you know, I had a helmet, um, I don't think I had like any good bike lights, didn't have any fenders or anything like that. Um, didn't even have a water bottle. So I like kind of was starting from scratch. Um, and 
<clears throat> yeah, I, I, you know, at the time it was, it took me like weeks and weeks of working to be able to afford one piece of equipment on my bicycle um, to afford like a really nice bike lock. I wasn't going to fuck around with a cheap bike lock and lose my, my bicycle. So I wanted to invest in a, in a really heavy duty, something that I could take to New York city, like theft proof bicycle lock. Um, but that took me weeks to save up for, uh, and, and therefore limited my experience on my bicycle. <clears throat> and the same thing when I moved to Seattle was, uh, a lot of rain, a lot of weather. And, the first time I, you know, thought I was prepared, had a rain jacket, which was probably was probably just a windbreaker. I was wearing jeans and some fucking bands and went out in the rain and absolutely got soaked, was very miserable uh, and learned that I either can't ride for three quarters of the year in Seattle or I have to invest in some rain gear. Mm-hmm. And rain gear is expensive, it, like surprisingly expensive. Um, and the same thing, it took me a really long time to like save enough money, slowly buying item by item to have a full, you know, a rain jacket and pants. And I guess like I have a, an internal lining, um, so that I was comfortable on my bike and that I could continue to ride around my bicycle is my transportation. It's fun. Um, and it's exercise. So it's important that i be able to, um, go out any day, whatever the weather is. Um, and so, yeah, that it's, it's, it's expensive. It continues to be expensive again, like buying bicycle tubes and stuff like that. Um, taking my bike in for maintenance or getting cleaned, all of that continues to be, um, uh, a, a constant cost. It's not like you buy a bike and then that's it. And then you have a bike and then you're all good for forever. Uh, things come up all the time. Uh, so uh, yeah, it has been a barrier. I would say that the costs are less of a barrier now that I have most of my the most of the things that I need. Um, <clears throat> but I'm also really hooked on the hobby, so I always want to continue to like enhance my experience or like maybe get a mountain bike and like that means all that I have to get mountain bike gear or something like. Um, and I I don't have um, the privilege to spend. Um, all of my, I don't have money to spend uh, on, on the hobby as much as I would like to. Uh, it has to be really budgeted, has to be really planned out. Uh, and it has to be something that I like, don't need immediately, but like, we'll get in a couple of months. Um, so it's limiting. Has these barriers ever um, discouraged you from writing or? Um, <clears throat> I mean, sure. There have been plenty of times where <clears throat> not having a friend to go on a ride with stops me from riding that day. Uh, you know, if it's a weekend, it's really, if it's beautiful and sunny, but like, I just don't have anyone to ride with, I definitely can kill my mood. Um, not having the proper rain gear. Uh, and now I, now I have all the gear, but at the time it, sometimes stopped me but sometimes I just kind of suffered through it because I really wanted to to do to go on a ride um <clears throat> so I, I would say it's sometimes depends on like how much I really really need to go outside um 
Obviously, you and I have a shared community here, a cycling community, and that's been a game changer for me. Um, even though I don't go all the time, uh, mm -hmm. it's encouraging to know that that space exists. So when I need it, it's consistently there. Um, and I think that space encourages me to cycle, even if I, even if I don't go to the Wednesday, Wednesday night rides. Um, I know that a bunch of other people are going and they're, they're getting stronger. Um, and so that encourages me to go out, even though it's, you know, Thursday or Friday, I'm like, I want to get stronger too. Cause I know that they're doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, so in that sense, I think it's really important to have community or friends to bike with because it encourages you to, um, to grow. Um, and when you don't have that, you're definitely, you have to be self-motivating or you have to be really, really in love with the sport. Um, and so for me, it's just been kind of hit or miss depending on the mood. What about community? Um, yeah, how, how have you been able to find community here in cycling? Um, <clears throat> I mean, I found North Star through, um, like I said, I do community uh, organizing work. And someone that I was working with uh, recommended North Star. And for about maybe eight months or a year, I was like, oh, yeah, 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 I'll go to that one time. Um, and eventually did. And that was my kind of entry into that community was um, having comrades in your organizing spaces recommended, you know, another safe um, uh, space where, where folks of color are, are doing dope shit and have great, and great politics. So that was my introduction um, to that space. Outside of North Star, I think my experience in community has been pretty much non-existent. I'll just say that. Mm -hmm. I know that there are a bunch of other cycling groups out there, even you know groups that do like monthly night rides or like I've seen the disco rides, folks going across the floating bridges um, or the like the solstice, um, the like naked rides or whatever. I, I would never join those because I don't know the people in them. I know that they're all white and I'm not just gonna show up by myself awkwardly. So mm -hmm. I will say that uh, community outside of North Star has just been completely non-existent. I don't have any bike friends other than people that I have biked with, um, that I, you know, organized with or were friends from, from work. Um, otherwise the community is pretty small for me so the cycling community is definitely uh tight-knit and so it's kind of hard to tap into that i know i talked to king last week and yeah he was kind of having a similar experience to you how there's this underlying tension of um notion of you know we don't want you here or we don't want to be sharing the same bike lanes as you or the same streets as you and how that is yeah even if that's not i really said you definitely just feel that animosity sometimes um and yeah it can be it can be rough at times but i think it's great about you know pockets of like north star is amazing because that 
that just gives you fuel to like, you know, ride and to just have like-minded individuals with you. So there's a beauty of, of cycling groups like North Star, but it definitely is very limited. And Yeah. I mean, I would share, <clears throat> we've, we've talked about this before um, that how I had in my experience, uh, I feel way safer. Like my, I feel like my body is thought about when I'm in, in North star people like, uh, are, it's, a, it's a practice to, to, to call out when there are potholes in the road or when there's a car coming or an incoming biker or, or pedestrian. Um, I feel like in those spaces, um, even though I might not be thinking about myself, other people are thinking about me. And I'm thinking about other people um, and specifically like my body, like people are thinking to, to keep my body safe. Um, and that feeling is completely non-existent when I'm writing with, with white friends um, yeah, in the past or in the present, doesn't matter where I met them or what our relationship is. Um, the focus is more on the ride and uh I tend to feel a little bit more unsafe in those spaces in, in comparison, feel more unsafe in those spaces because um, I know that my white comrades aren't really thinking about my physical body. Um, they're not thinking about the fact that I have no health insurance. So like if I fall over my front wheel, you know, that could be incredibly devastating. Even if it's just a broken nose, uh, that's incredibly devastating. That my financial security goes totally out the window. Um, and again, like I'm not constantly thinking about these things. It's only in comparison when I'm in, in spaces like North Star, where I notice uh, how different it is to cycle with people of color um, because they're actually like caring about me. Um, and the sense of community is, is very, very present. Um, like you were saying, it's not just about what's said out loud, it's about the energy. Um, and, and sometimes when you're with white cyclists, you get these looks that are like, why are you here? Or like, how did you get here? Like, it's a, it's just a questioning look like, who are you again? Like, wait, what's going on? It's like confusion, uh, which is a fucking microaggression. Why can't I be on my bike uh, in this space? Um, so yeah, the things are, that are unsaid, but are definitely ever so present. It's like, that's exactly what the cycling community is. Everything's unsaid. Um, but very obvious and present. You know, it seems like we've been talking a lot about the importance of having community. Um, moving a little more into that, you know, cycling is, is a sense of like freedom <laughs> when, when you ride, you know, and I guess like, yeah, what do you, what do you love about cycling? It's definitely the freedom. <clears throat> um, it's autonomy which uh, I, I think people of color don't get a lot of autonomy in their lives. Uh, and so to, get, to be able to get on a bicycle and to go anywhere um, is, and have like no limits other than your body and your comfort is how I would love to see the entire world look like. <laughs> like I'm free to do anything and go as far as I want um, to the limit of my body. Um, it, yeah, like we were said, talked a little bit earlier, like just being able to adjust on the fly. Um, you're going over a hill and you have this like beautiful scenery and you have this moment to like stop on the side and take a picture of it. 
um, it, yeah, it's, it's really important. The adventure, the sense of freedom. Um, again, like bicycling is, is exercise for me. So I, I, it's nice to be able to take care of my body and have fun at the same time. Um, and it's kind of meditative um, when you're out there in any weather, um, you're just with your, your mind and your body. Uh, and so it's kind of a spiritual experience um, to just be with yourself. Uh, and again, that's something that people of color don't often get. It's like you're on your grind or you're, you know, with your loved ones or you're asleep. Uh, and that's what it feels like every single day. You wake up, you go to work, you come home, you take care of your loved ones, you go to sleep. Uh, and cycling for me is the one thing that takes me out of the entire world. It takes me out of the entire routine whatever was going on, whatever I have in the next couple of hours, uh, whatever drama happened last week, um, it temporarily disappears uh, while I'm on my bicycle. Cause I, for safety reasons, have to be concentrating on the road, um, but also just spiritually being outside, wind in your face, closer to nature. Um, it, uh, yeah, it's definitely a spiritual and healing experience. Um, I think incredibly has been very helpful for my mental health. And, um, and that's why I encourage all, like all of my friends who are people of color to like get on a bicycle. It feels so unsafe when you start off with, that's what people have said, but like, I don't want to go on a bicycle because it feels unsafe to be in the road. Um, and it certainly is, but it also, the benefit you get from it, I think is, um, really, really important and like tangible. Um, there's not a lot of spaces you get kind of that spiritual exercise, kind of mental health, reflection, meditation moment, all in one. Uh, the, the sense of freedom and exploration all in one. I think that's very unique about cycling. Yeah, what's been one of your most memorable experiences on a bike? Definitely the first time I went bike camping. Uh, <laughs> took a ride from Port Angeles to Lake Crescent and um, on the Olympic Peninsula. I would have never gone to these spaces um, if it wasn't for that, that bike camping trip. <clears throat> I would have never gone to the Olympic Peninsula. There's no reason for me to. Mm. Um, there's you know always opportunities to go hiking out there, um, but I don't think I would have been so motivated. Uh, if someone was like, you want to go hiking for the weekend? I would have said, sure. Like, maybe um but the bike camping thing i was like hell yeah i'm gonna do that i'm gonna make sure that i get there um and it was an incredible experience not only was it a perfect day um it was a challenging yet doable ride um a great a crew of people um and the destination like crescent was beautiful it was just honestly like I said, I, I would have never gone there if it wasn't for, for that trip having to happen. So that I think was also kind of a realization that like, this is, I picked the correct hobby. Like I'm going to see all kinds of things um, because there are so many uh, avenues and opportunities. Like cycling is not just getting on a bike and riding around in the city. You can do mountain biking, uh, competing, uh, bike camping. There's just a whole world um and so that 
that first trip um, helped me realize that there's just so much beyond writing in the city. Um, and that like I cycling, I think is going to be a hobby for me for the rest of my life because of that, because of that reason. Um, and I definitely want to go more bike camping. Not right now though. It's too rainy and cold and windy as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Right now the temperature's not that, not the best at the moment, yeah. but yeah, that that's beautiful. Bike camping is, is amazing. And for those of you listening that haven't done it, uh, highly recommend you just try it out um yeah just a sweet experience overall um Wes what's next for you and your bike Ooh. uh well I've heard a lot of Seattleites talk about their the trip to Portland and back um I would yeah. like to do that eventually not not anytime soon um but maybe next summer, I think. Like I could spend the whole winter doing research on that. Um, maybe with one or two other persons, I wanted it to be a really chill, um, chill crew. But yeah, I think that that would be awesome for me. The Seattle to Portland ride is really sweet. I have really been wanting to do that ride too, but um, I'm actually leaving seattle in december and going back um to the midwest Dang. so it's been a bummer that I, it's a shame that i never really got to do it um but i'm hoping to still keep that that dream alive and come back to seattle at some point to to do that um, oh, yeah because people it's a, it's crazy people can do that in like a day or people take like a couple of days and do it yeah you know, it, it really just depends on like how amped you are and like how yeah i guess also just like the training you mm -hmm. have um for that but that's a great ride at least i don't know i've never done it but i i could only imagine yeah right people do it yearly so it must be must be worth it um have you ever done any long distance riding like that um no I think the longest I've ridden is like 40 miles. Um, so nothing, nothing compared to that. Mm -hmm. Damn. Yeah. You definitely got to do a lot of training. <laughs> <laughs> or just go very slow. It might take me like five days. But <laughs> yeah, because your legs will feel it after like the first like 50. Yeah. 60 miles. And here. you got to keep going. It's like. Yeah, that, that's one of those trips that it's like you can only go forward. You can't turn back. You got to Yeah, because once you're, yeah, once you're in like, you know, maybe 30, 40 miles in, you know, it's like, I'm already out there. Yeah. <laughs> might as well, yeah, the, I might as well just keep on going or else like, yeah, just turn back. But no one wants to do that, yeah. you know, no, no, <laughs> just gotta keep on going. Well, Thanks, Wes, for coming on. I really appreciate you being here. Yeah, thank you, Miguel.